If I had to describe what a father is, I would say um, it's the gift of keep giving. I say that because as a father, we have the privilege to keep giving time, to keep giving love, to keep giving wisdom, to keep giving money, to keep giving wealth, to keep giving family, to keep giving growth, to keep giving grace, to keep giving God. It's just a, it's the only way I could describe it as the gift of keep giving. That's what fathership is to me. And my name is Demetrius Hurley. And this show, as like every other show after, is dedicated to my father, Sean Early. May he rest in peace. You are listening to The Fathership Project. I made this podcast for my sons. This podcast is not political. This podcast is for the people. It's for the fathers. It's for the sons that will be fathers of the sons and the daughters that do have fathers. This podcast is for men. You are listening to The Fathership Project. What's going on, people? You are listening to The Fathership Project, and I am your host, Demetrius Early. Um, we're still, The Fathership Project is still somewhat on a hiatus, um, but I do prepare to get back into it very soon. We got some really, really cool interviews um, and some more cool stuff that I want to share with you guys. I had to take a pause um, to... Um, just find a find a, a proper space to talk about the things that I've experienced recently as well as uh, display the maturation of the brand of the fathership project and share with you guys um, the things that God has been sharing with me as well as being transparent and honest to absolutely be a help to someone else you know um, the worst thing that you can do is suffer in silence um, and to my listeners and those who know, um, I've lost my father um, and a few, a few weeks ago. And I am going through that process of grieving, of understanding, of healing. <sighs> but I wanted to um, share a few things. Not about that, but I wanted to share a few things about just things that's going on in the world and things that um, have kindly, kind of distracted me from... Um, my current process that um, I want to talk about. I want to share my thoughts and I want to encourage. So um, let's get into it. But before we get into that, man, with everything, I'm sorry, uh, but I, this song is something that it, it, it just blesses me. It's um, Fortress by Sin Music. And then we'll get into the rest of the show. Strong tower against the enemy. 
Who can stand against your authority? Defender of my soul, you're all I want and more. For thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. I'm bound in you, that's where I am free. You paid it all when you died on the tree. Hidden beneath your wings, you are my everything. Jesus, your name is a home for me. Jesus, your name is a home for me. You are my fortress, you're my hiding place. Whom shall I fear? So, um, again, that was a Sin Music Fortress. I play their music a lot. I love, I, I love Fortress is um, one of my favorite songs because it's it's one of those songs that you can actually apply, you know, for um, like in real life. You know, sometimes we forget, you know, because the song is dope and we love this feel and that the, a lot of the lyrics are things that we actually can do that we can actually apply. Um, so when I think about a fortress, if you, you know, because I like to watch those royal movies, it, it'd be hard to watch them because they'd be so saturated with sex and gore. But I'm interested in just that time, right? So um, if I'm, you know, sometimes I just got to go to the History Channel where I can just watch the study of it versus the sensationalization of all the wickedness that happened in those times, as in any time. But um, just thinking about the structure of a fortress and many times a kingdom was only or the way it it showed its strength had a lot to do with its fortress like some of the the most impenetrable fortresses or castles you know was also supported you know by the strongest kingdoms or you know kings um or and it made that king that much stronger because their walls had never been penetrated so when i think about being a believer and thinking about christ um 
being a fortress for me, right? Thinking about the things that happen in life and how he, his love is a fortress, right? His, his, his presence is a fortress. Now, that doesn't mean physically that he can always protect you, but it does not not mean physically because there are so many things physically that God protects us from that we'll never know. That we, that God actually was a fence. That he that something came but couldn't penetrate the walls of a, of our salvation. Um, so that's just a blessing, man. So I, so I love that song. I play that song. I want to make it the theme song, to be honest, <laughs> because um, when you you know when you talk the whole conversation about fathership, man, you know a father is a protector, and that's one thing that God showed us firsthand on how much. Um, he loves us and how much of a protector he is and he's a fortress so you can't talk about fatherhood and not mention the things that fathers do to protect their children right so like I said man I'm taking a break I'm still you know figuring some things out man a lot of stuff has happened and I can't wait to share with you guys Um, but like I said in the very first episode of the Fatherhood Project that this was going to be an organism right this was going to be a real living breathing thing and I was going to show you guys firsthand you know even some of the things of like kids walking into the room and talking to them and you know trying to be as authentic to the fathership experience as possible um as well as trying to continue to bring y'all quality content um advice counseling in some ways um and just overall encouragement so um while i am processing because I'm still processing and there's so much I want to talk about um from the fact that we're um I tell y'all um buying a house I just purchased my first home with my family which has been huge but I also purchased my first home in the midst of me losing my father um and I really want to talk about it there's so many people who know where who who have been where I'm at today um and it's interesting just because that was something that was on my heart for the last couple of years of how we celebrated Father's Day. And I started to feel bad. You know what I'm saying? Thinking about people who are more like this is a bad day for them. So it first hit me when my wife became a part of that t- that club where, you know, happy Father's Day. And it's like, but, you know, I miss my dad. So I began to start talking about how he is a father to the fatherless. And little did I know that as that became something that resonated with me on my heart and I wanted to share with people, especially on that day and that time, is that that also became something that I had to experience firsthand and experience myself. So, like I said, there's so much I want to share, there's so much encouragement, but you know, I'm still encouraging myself um, and, and processing this stuff and getting my thoughts together, so... Um, I took a break from processing and I decided I wanted to have a conversation with you guys. I wanted to talk about this um, situation that happened in Ohio directly after the George Floyd uh, verdict Um, or directly before they said a few hours, a few minutes before the verdict was announced. This young woman, this young lady lost her life, 16 years old, Miss McKay Bryant. Now, there's a lot of information coming out still. Um, And I want to warn my listeners, you know, listen. We've gotten to a point where we don't protect our eyes. 
We like we literally don't protect our eyes. We are okay with exposing our psyche to every and anything. And I want to talk about and I want to share with you guys how dangerous that is dangerous. You know, that is so dangerous. And I'm saying that because as I talk about this, I'm praying that you guys don't watch the video. Um, it's too graphic. When I say it's too graphic, I'm talking about it's not a movie where you see a bunch of imaginary. This is somebody who will never be on this planet again. And for many of us to, you know, understand in the last year, death, the conversation is death has gotten a, you know, bigger spotlight. Listen, death is final. So subjecting yourself to visual, you know, to visually witnessing something like that um, is traumatic. Um, and it will psych it psychologically it has its ramifications. You may not think it's affect you, but it is. So I'm praying that you don't watch the video screenshots. Um, some people feel like they have to see it so they can understand, and I get it. I, I get it, but I, I I strongly protest against it. Um, but I wanted to say this: me being dumb, watch the video. First thing this morning, um, mess me up. And, I, and like I said, I tried to, you know, um, you know, there's so many agendas that try to hijack real lives and real stories. Um, on top of that, it's still information coming out. I try to steer away from jumping out and, you know, rallying for something before I know the full information. You know, for an example, it was a young man that was murdered in Detroit by the police months ago and people marched and you know then I watched the video and you know and I was upset like man you know this is you know I'm tired we're tired of seeing this and then I see the video and read the report and find out that this young man shot at a cop pulled a gun at a cop and almost shot him in the head and the cop shot and killed him that changed the whole narrative so um, as well as I know these shows are handpicked by the media um, and I'm not going to get into all that. But what I'm saying is, is that I've learned to try to be patient. The Bible talks about being slow to speak. I think about Christ when people ran up to him, you know, when um, they're like, Jesus, you know, this woman's doing this. And he was sitting there writing in the sand like Jesus, you know, tried his best, not tried his best. Jesus perfected patience. You know, being virtuous, be holding, holding things that is right, not just jumping off the handle and being in his feelings all the time. So that's my little disclaimer. Please don't watch the video. If you want to read the report, read the report, get all the facts. But I would, I wouldn't wish nobody seeing that. Uh, I'm gonna be totally honest. So I wanted to. So, so it struck something in me. And then, um, you know, a couple friends and family started talking about it. And I tried to engage a little bit. Um, and I try to be careful because these things can be, people are passionate. People, um, you just, I just don't want to be offensive. I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm, I don't want to argue with anybody. I don't want to make nobody feel any way. I don't think that I'm always right. Um, so these things are hard to talk about because they're presented in a way that starts everybody out at the left or the right so everybody starts out at the extremes and no one can communicate there's no there's no common ground and for me um 
I I will not talk about human life like I have an algorithm. I will not talk in hashtags like I'm a computer or a program because I'm not. These conversations are way more complicated than a hashtag or a color or a, uh, a color of a tie that you wear f- to support your political your political biases. And it's, it's, it's way deeper because human life is involved. But like I said, I was triggered, <laughs> super triggered. And I said, you know what? Let me find a constructive way to talk about this stuff so that maybe I can help somebody else think through this as I'm thinking through it. So I guess before I say anything else, let me say this. I don't, um, my heart is broken at another, not just human, but a child. 16 years, you ain't even, <sighs> I got a, I got shoes older than that. You know, my car is almost that, like, it's, it's, it's not a life. And it sucks that someone lost it. And let me say not lost. It was taken. They were they were shot. You know, they were killed. Um, so let me say this. I'm not a cop. I have not went. I've went through zero police training. I have zero knowledge in the academy. I have zero knowledge in first responding um, to to a call, some type of violence or an active active scene. I have no knowledge. None. Zero. Like none. Okay. So I say the, all this with a grain of salt. Of being a civilian. Um, I'm not going to say what the cop should have did. Because I'm not a cop. And, I, and I've and i never. Um, I mean I can say what I would have did. But someone trained. I, I don't know. I don't know what the procedure is. I don't know how he should have responded. What I will say is that I hate. That someone lost their life. I hate it. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. I don't hate it because a cop. Murdered a white cop murdered a black child. I could care less. Does it matter? I guess if, I mean, you know, I guess if, you know, I don't know, depending on who you are, it may matter to you. But I know as a person who has firsthand watched parents bury children, it don't matter. When a parent is putting their child in the coffin, it doesn't matter who put them there. That hurt isn't more or less. Um... And that's why I have these strong positions about music that celebrates crime and celebrates murder, celebrates things that can lead to these things. Because, you know, murder and killing people sound cool on the song when the beat dropping. But when a mother is closing a casket, it's it's the most horrific. It's one of the most horrific songs you'll ever hear. But. So, like I said, this is another unfortunate event. This is, you know, this and, you know, it was a young man who was harassed by a surgeon who was arrested. Um, recently, in the news, like the news, these stories. So, so I want to say, I want to say something. I want to have this conversation as a father talking to other parents. I also want to have this, con- like I'm going to be playing a couple roles. You know, I want to have this conversation as a young man who grew up in a world where people would scream out world star as they're holding the phone when somebody about to get knocked out. You know, I remember even on YouTube, you know, just Googling and searching fights, watching people pummel and dog each other. And I, I mean, to be honest, I always hated the violence, like seeing people beat up each other. It just wasn't funny or cool because people got hurt. 
but this was something that people will actually watch. People held phones, people set up phones, like it was something. But as, but as we are coming in a time when the world is screaming for accountability, that I support. I think if you commit a crime, you should commit a crime. I don't think that a white cop killing a black child should receive any more pressure for the justice system to do what it was created to do in its proper, you know, uh, creation. What it was, what it's for to be any different than if a person is kill somebody because of the side of the street they live on or the color of their flags or like I do believe that crime is crime I do so just like you know you know I have family members or I know people who have murdered people that's in prison I wouldn't say freedom because they committed a crime and unfortunately they have to pay they have to deal with that those consequences the same reason why I wouldn't be screaming free Cops that have killed, like you know, like it's 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 tough to talk about because there's so many dynamics that, and I don't want that. I don't want to like play in because at the end of the day, as a father, thinking about my child not being here, I want to have the conversation about accountability in a different way because we can't put the police in jail, we can't arrest them. We um, unless we go to, you know, do the proper things to become judges and and attorneys and lawyers and all that. We have no jurisdiction in that way. We can, you know, public opinion matters like we can push and march and levy and rally and all that for them to be held accountable. But at the end of the day, the only people that can hold the police accountable are the people that are put in those places of authority. But there is. More to the story. There's more to the story because parents, there's time for us to have a conversation about accountability. Now, I remember growing up, and the saying was if someone put their hands on you, you better go beat them up. Don't run home. Because if you run home, I'll make you run back and fight, right? There's so much there's so much conversation about protecting yourself um, that I think that we need to re we need to revisit the conversation and find out are we promoting violence and are we pushing are we promoting conflict resolution at all or is it you don't like me you do something I don't like I need to beat you up or in some cases I'll kill you. Because what I will say about that case is that I'm struggling, I'm struggling with the fact that there were adults there and not one adult in that place had the influence over the children there to defuse a very hostile situation. A young woman was about to get jumped. She grabbed a weapon to defend herself. Makes sense, right? I mean, on the basis, makes sense. Talking about the jump, you grab a stick, grab a bat, do whatever, you know, grab a knife. But as a parent, I want to have the conversation because I was playing through the scene and I'm reading the report and I'm like, man, wait. So the kid was getting jumped. She grabs a knife. She calls the police first. Hey, they tripping. They trying to jump me. Come get them. Boom, right? Then she goes to defend herself. Police pull up. 
And the scene is one girl is thrown. The girl with the knife is now in a position of aggression where she's not running or defending, but she's attacking. Cop jumps out the car. Hey, hey, stop. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Somebody shots go off. Somebody's dead. And when I'm seeing this and I'm so, I'm like I said, I was in tears. I'm like, dog, what the heck did I just watch? What? Like, it wasn't a warning. or I'm like, dude, this isn't, dog, like, this sucks. I need to pray. I need to, you know, I had to talk to my guys for, like, I needed somebody to help me come down. Like, it was like, dog, I just watched a baby lose their life. Like, that sucks, right? But as I came down, I started thinking about scenarios. I started thinking about parents. I started thinking about myself. I put myself in this room. I started thinking about while everybody is mad at the cop, are we mad at the people that before we call the police that are supposed to be policing and governing and responsible for those children? Thinking about a scenario, whether you're on the cell phone, like there's so many questions. Could the young could the young girl have hid in the house? But well, I ain't gonna have nobody. What was the argument about that got him got to get him jumped? I'm thinking like I'm all these thoughts I'm like man, how does this plus this equal somebody's death? Okay, the cop came, cop killed her. The cop is the villain. I'm like okay, okay, wait a minute. So now I'm starting thinking about this and I'm going back and I'm trying to understand why if a bunch of young women are fighting, wasn't there one adult that had the influence to be like, hey, this ain't right. Because I remember coming up, man, it was a time where you, you know, you had a big mom or you had somebody in the neighborhood that if someone was going down, if big if 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 that old person started speaking or yelling, y'all she shut stuff down. <laughs> you know, as I think about it, I remember just the arguments and the stuff that happened over when I was coming up, man, when my dad came on the porch, he shut that stuff down. It wasn't no fist fights and stuff happening in front of our crib. It wasn't no fist fights happening in front of Mr. Whitfield's house. Like, there was a level of respect, but the level of respect didn't happen that day. So while I'm not doing this show to talk about, you know, condoning, you know what? She got killed because of it. Nah, man, listen. I don't know what cops should have did. Should he have came out there with a, with a tranquilizer gun or a taser or a rope and grabbed? I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm thinking about my kid fighting with somebody, even if he was dumb enough to try to jump somebody, and I'm going to say it's dumb and it's, and it's cowardice to jump and try to hurt somebody for sure. Because I've seen videos of kids getting jumped. And it, and I couldn't imagine if my son came home, like, or my niece came home and like five people, four people jumped me and... Like, I would pray that I would have the sound mind to be like, okay, let's pray about it, blah, 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 versus me trying to go beat up a 14-year-old or something, you know what I'm saying? I'm praying for that, right? That I would have that mind and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So, I'm so, so for me, if my son is ever a part of somebody being jumped and he's jumping somebody, I would say it's dumb and it had to be somewhere I felt where I didn't instill to him the character that that's not how you get down. Like that's something that my that's something that I would never promote. That's something that would never be promoted in my home. But anyway, 
but I'm thinking about the flip side. So let's say my son or some your your niece or whatever my niece was dumb enough to be jumping somebody, and the person that they're jumping gets the ups on them. And I'm thinking about that scene, and that person is charging her with the knife, and the cop and a cop comes right in, right in time to stop this person from stabbing my child. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. So I keep playing the scenarios back. So I'm going back as a parent. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Are these the only options we had? Where whether the cop kills the person from stabbing or, or killing my child? Like, like, like there's a huge gap of information that doesn't exist yet or hasn't been acknowledged. So I go back and I'm like, as a parent, how could somebody get jumped in front of adults? When I remember growing up in time where you if an adult was in the room, you know, you chase somebody, you try to jump, and they could run behind an adult, and it would, it would shut down. So I want to ask this question. Like, no, I don't want to condone the murder. I hate the murder. I hate it. Should that cop be held accountable? Yes. Should it be investigated to the T? Yes. If it is found that he did not use the proper procedure that he was trained to do in those situations, should he be held accountable? Yes. That's what I'm saying. I'm all about accountability. But in the conversation of accountability... Cause we don't know what happened yet right so i don't want to assume or say what didn't or did happen that what i don't know but should any of the adults hold themselves accountable let's talk long term because you don't get influence just because you're older especially nowadays kids are too you know kids are too smart and defiant you know idealistic like you know but influence is Earn with equity, earn with integrity, earn with character, earn through time. So my question is to my parents is, are we putting in the time and the effort to gain the influence that if my child is ever in a situation, if if I'm there, I can still wheel them in. Because a parent being able to wield in a child could stop a lot of this stuff from happening. That situation right there, a bunch of kids jumping each other. Hey, hey, uh, that ain't happening. Should be able to de-escalate a situation like, uh, put that knife down. You stand in front of that child. Y'all not about to jump nobody. Matter of fact, how about this? Y'all not about to fight. What's the problem? Because I remember having those situations in a, a door. Come on, hold on. What's the problem? Y'all want to do what? Why? That's dumb. Y'all going about your house and I'm going to call your mama. And so and this goes back to the wider fact that oh, we don't have neighborhoods like that no more. We're not community like that no more where the parents don't know each other and the parent can't go and be like, oh, your daughter was doing it like your son was doing this. Like we, There's so many things that we can look at. And I'm thinking about when we talk about accountability and we want to hold these people accountable. Is there any room? Is there any accountability left for us? For our parents, is there any accountability left? <laughs> I just want to have a conversation about accountability. I really do. I just want to ask somebody, like, are we still as parents creating an environment where we have influence over these children or do we only want the police to be responsible for our kids? Do we only want the government to be responsible for our children? Or do we want to be able to be like, stop, 
funny. You know, as I talk about this, I'm thinking about my dad, and he would say to me about stop. My dad was really firm, like real, like my dad was a bull, right? He was so firm about influence over your children to the point where he says you should have the relationship with your child that when you say stop, they stop because it could save their life. And it's crazy because as I'm sitting here thinking about this and I'm talking about this, it God reminds me, that's what my, my father would say that because you never know when your influence over your child can save their life. Whether they hearing you in their ear and they like, man, I'm about to go do this. And like, man, my dad going to be tripping, man. My mom going to be tripping, man. I can't do it and they don't do it. Or you actually in the room and you like, stop. My dad said, because he's like, think about it like this. If you're raising your child and your child can run in the middle of the street and you can say, or you call their name and they don't come to you. They don't stop doing what they doing. What happens when they running into the street and you like, stop. And they keep going. Think about this situation. I wanted to do something bad to some somebody one time, and I ran in the house to get something. It's like no, nah. and I stopped. Like, did this child have some? Like, did he walk? Did somebody say no? Nah, put that down. Stop. Did somebody when they was about to fight? Hey, stop. Like this. Like I'm just thinking about the power of influence and have parents lost. Have parents lost. their influence over their children have we become such a progressive generation and so idealistic idealistic that kids have more influence than adults I don't know man I just want to ask that question as we're, as we're sitting here celebrating accountability, I want you to ask yourself, is there any accountability? Is there enough accountability left? Can I say that right? I can talk. There, is there enough accountability left for me to have some? Ask yourself as a parent. Is there enough left for me to have some? And if there is enough left for me to have some, am I willing to take it? You know, it's nothing worse than turning on the news sometimes because all you hear about is death. And depending on where you grow up, sometimes you get, you become so numb to it that the only time you even care or get upset is when it's something controversial you hear about some people get shot in the neighborhood you're like dang it's crazy keep on moving keep living hear about a white cop kill a black kid you're like man what that's great that's, you know like it's you up in arms you know you, you 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 hear an article about how many kids are how many kids are aborted every day like, oh man you know because that's normal and i'm just thinking like man with all the the, the, the push for accountability is there enough accountability left after everybody else gets some for me to take some and if it is am I willing to take it
you know, I, like I said, I really hate that that young girl lost her life. I, I, I hate it. It's heartbreaking. I hate that she had a knife. I hate that she was fighting. I hate that she was about to get jumped. I hate, I hate that no one was able to stop her. I hate that it wasn't one adult in the room that could have been like, hey, y'all stop this. I hate that I feel like the parents were more upset when the police came, arrived, and shot her than when they were standing there watching a the fight, when they were a part of a fight. Like, like I don't, like, but it's, but it's variables. Maybe, maybe they was fight, doing their best. But I'm thinking about, like, man, somebody who had enough time to call the police and say this was happening. Did you have to defend yourself with a knife? Could you have hid somewhere? Could, have, could you have gotten went inside of an adult's home? Could you have stayed home? Like, I don't know. And it's tough because I'm not blaming the I'm not trying to blame a victim, but depending on what side you stand on, if your kid was about to get stabbed or your kid was about to jump the kid, or you burying or you gotta bury a child now, it's like I'm I'm just looking at all the variables and I'm thinking about when do we as parents start having a conversation about what we should be doing better. Cause I'm gonna go a step further. Let's all agree to a disagree. Now let's say that the police want to kill blacks. Let's say that. Cool. Let's let's. I don't agree with that. I know cops. I have family that are cops. Been cops for years. Never killed a black or a white person. Don't pray that they never have to use their firearm. Pray that they never have to use it. I have family who have served in the military and have had to use their weapons against children, against people that weren't white, against people that weren't black. And they hated that they had to use them. They hated that they took somebody's life. Like I, so what I'm saying, so so I know that not to be true. Anybody who's been in authority or who's been trained to use deadly force, if if need be, I, I know. So so I can't say all of this, right? But let's just, for the sake of having this kind of conversation about accountability, let's just say that all the cops want to kill your black child. Should I be preparing them differently? Maybe, like I said, my kids, we don't, I don't like them playing with guns because guns aren't toys. Guns are for protection. So I don't give them something to point at their brothers or friends and shoot them to kill them. I hate Fortnite games and games where murder is like, you know, that's like it's a means to an end. Like, no, like that's the least. I mean, that's the last case scenario. And it's still a terrible decision, even when it's justified. Like, oh, my God, I had to do this. But it's still not a good thing. So I just want to ask the question. You know, I'm going to focus on my dads because I'm a dad, but moms, parents. Are we still in the place of influence where we can say stop and it save our kids' lives? And if not, what can we do about it? And whose fault is it that we don't? I just want to ask the question. You all listen to the Voucher Project. Play Air Media.